peace is really the first cousin of so many things, and not the least of which, which is, which is love. And by love, we don't mean a sentimentality. We mean love, the genuine article, the soul force. As I've talked about many times before, the most durable chemical in the universe, God's self. I don't like to say God himself. I like to say God, God's self. So, so peace is connected to all this. So the deeper we go into God, uh, the more we increase our peace quotient. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. (laughs) This week's devotion is based off of Amazing Peace, which is Maya Angelou's 2005 Christmas poem. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about it because it's, I mean, it's chock full of incredibly rich themes. Yes. So yep. I'm curious. I mean, I know it's the third week or no, it's the fourth week of Advent, which is fourth week. Yeah. We're almost there. Right. So why this poem? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, Maya Angelou, you know, full stop. I mean, that's the yeah. whole answer, right? Uh, point number two, I think, you know, this is just an excerpt. And what I would want to do is point people and uh, we'll have the link for people. Um, to to uh, this amazing piece of Christmas poem that was read in the White House, mm-hmm. um, but but you know uh, we don't have white Christmases here uh, in uh, in Atlanta. Uh, so uh, for our listeners, if you're having a white Christmas, that's fantastic. And I used to re- remember as a child growing up in Pennsylvania how the snow would just sort of uh, fall and quiet things. Yes, and there'd be a quiet, a reflective quiet. Yeah. Um, and I think that's more than just childhood me- memories and sentimentality. It would, it would sort of quiet things. And I, I would appreciate that even as a rambunctious kid. And, and it speaks to me of peace, one part of peace, which is um, uh, a stillness. Uh, and, and her words just get you there. And so I just wanted to revive her, her words. You know, peace is also a one word prayer. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's shalom. It's well-being that's not contingent on, you know, the day to day, you know, it's not a contingent on the market. It's not contingent on the weather. It's not contingent on our relationship status or what the doctor says. Peace has everything to do with being connected to the power of God. And I think Maya Angelou uh, distills that idea that there, there's something beyond the trappings. The trappings are fine. We don't condemn the trappings. We give thanks for many of the trappings, in fact. But, but, but there's something else. There's another layer. Um, it's that layer when the, when the faithful woman uh, who's on her deathbed says to me that she already knows God and doesn't need the chaplain to overfunction at her, at her deathbed. Uh, it's, 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 she's knowing, she knows who her God has been, uh, how her God has been to her, and where she will rest. It's, it's when the double mastectomy, uh, to me, um, uh, you know, survivor, um, you know, meets God in that process through a nurse uh, who cares for her and gives her her medicine uh, and, and somehow knows that in all of the brutality of the world, there's a kindness. There's still a reservoir of kindness. That's a piece that Maya Angelou points to. So there's a lot of reasons I could go on and on, but 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 there's, there is something uh, 
there that I want to resurrect uh, now uh, as we are just out of a, uh, speaking of brutality, a, a brutal political season. Thank God those commercials are over. <laughs> um, and, and, and now maybe some of us are open uh, to thinking deeply about God coming among us uh, as a vulnerable, uh, colonized, brown, poor child of a day laborer. Mm-hmm. When I think of the word peace, though, and I feel like this is something that I've gained in my Christian maturity. Let's say I'm, I'm still got a long ways to go <laughs> yet. Uh, peace to me is not a product or an outcome, but like love, it's also actionable. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the nuances that you might be discovering about that very concept of peace. Well, you know, the great biblical prophet, Jimi Hendrix said, (laughs) (laughs) when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. Right. And mm. so and 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 that and and you know, Jesus and other people had their versions of that, certainly Dr. King and others, you know, getting down to to the genuine article of love gives us peace. Um, you know, and and, and all of our un, unruly affections as we talk about in the in the Episcopal Church, that's what gives us everything but peace. Uh, when I my ego is so fragile uh, and my ego is in the driver's seat and I have to try to uh, wield control uh, and oppress uh, others. And, and if I am so caught up in the throes of scarcity, uh, even in the face of abundance, and I, I have to sort of try to accumulate all the toys to your exclusion, I don't know peace. But, but somehow when I understand that I'm sibling with you, uh, and the, the, the co-equal child of a loving parent that we call God with you, somehow I can have more peace. Now, of course, these are the words, but then there's life application. And so there is a gap between this reality that, that we have met some people through, you know, uh, through time who have gotten closer to that than some of us. But nevertheless, this is the invitation to the journey. So in, in the face of, you know, divorce, what does peace look like? What does love like in the face of um, scarcity, you know, real uh, hardship, you know, what would peace be like? St. Paul talks about, I've been abound and I've been abased. I know how to be content in the state there with, in other words, you know, this peace I have is not contingent to what I have, right. In terms of material stuff. So, so I, I guess peace is really the first cousin of so many things. And not the least of which, which is which is love. And by love, we don't mean a sentimentality, right? We we mean you know, we mean love, the genuine article, the soul force. You know, this as I've talked about many times before, the most durable chemical in the universe. Uh, God, uh, God, uh, God, God, self. I don't like to say God Himself. I like to say God, God, self. So so peace is connected to all this. So the deeper we go into God. Uh, the more we increase our peace quotient, right? The more we take on the mind of God, the more we increase our peace quotient. 
Uh, the more we die to separateness and superiority, the more we increase our peace quotient. You know, we don't breathe freely or deeply because, you know, our lungs are coated with something. And, and those co- coatings can be bias. They can be fear, often our fear in some form or fashion. Uh, and, and so, you know, the more we figure out how to cough that up, uh, the more we can breathe deeply. And, and that's what shalom is, peace is. is it's, a, it's a well-being. So that has everything to do with breathing. And so, you know, so what in our life right now is stealing our peace? Well, and you just raise a big question because peace, shalom, isn't yeah. just a well-being for a per, yeah, the individual, but it's the per, it's the peace that you're extending to the other. Right. And it's often the greeting that many, many um, cultures use to, to say hello. You know, you've got the shalom, you have assalamu alaikum. Uh, you know, Salem, the, all of that is is rooted in in extending peace to one another. And so this is an excerpt of the the entire poem, but it starts with um, you chose to make this snippet. It's Christmas time, a halting of hate time. On this platform of peace, we can create a language to translate ourselves to ourselves and to each other. That's powerful right there. And I'm just curious yeah. how that hit you. The whole, the language to translate ourselves to ourselves. What, yeah. what, how does that hit you? Well, that's, you know, I playfully always talk about my mind and my behind being in line, right? <laughs> right. I, 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 so, and, and what I'm all I'm trying to say is, is that to, you know, as Paul Tillich said, to will one thing is the only way you get peace, right? And so everything else is bifurcation. Uh, everything else is duplicity. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to ourselves, the self that God has created and the, the self that God is inviting us to, to find the courage to get down to be who we actually are. And when we get down to be who we actually are, what we find is that we have peace, right? And uh, and then we can have peace with others because then we can experience others as being on their journey uh, to have peace. You know, peace is also, we need to say, is not only just well-being, because uh, we could individualize that, and we and, and we, sometimes we do that too much. We read God's word, and we read words that are based on God's words, and we individualize. This is my sort of personal health check-in or something like that, and that's cool, uh, but it's just not full. What's full is is that peace is connected with love, so therefore peace has to be connected with justice. So there is no, as, as the protesters have said, uh, white, black, male, and female alike, is that no justice, no peace. And, and that's not a pledge of we're just going to antagonize the hell out of everybody. And what they're saying is, is that as long as injustice prevails in the land, as long as these profound disparities happen and we don't interrogate them and we don't try to make progress on them, the society, the communal health will not be full and healthy and peaceful. And so as, as long as we are as wealthy a nation as we are, and we have the poverty that we have, we'll never know true peace. Uh, as long as, you know, uh, one child who looks a particular way uh, has a better shot at success and good outcomes, and another child uh, living miles from that child uh, has limits and low ceilings uh, and has inferior education, inferior health care, and has all of the negative health effects uh, of, uh, of poverty, uh, and until we do something about that, close that gap, then our nation 
we'll never know peace. It's interesting. Again, we go back again and again. It's interesting that Desmond Tutu tried to give his nation peace as they faced apartheid. And what's interesting in America, as far as I can tell, is, is that we think we're going to find peace if we negate the fact of who we've actually been. <laughs> I, I, I right. you know, people say you, you're being political. No, mm-hmm. the gospel demands that we try to tell the truth in love. And so it is ludicrous for me to hear people talk about the fact that we came to this land, or Americans came to this, or what would become Americans have come to this land, and there was nobody here. And that we didn't do any violence to anybody. We just simply uh, just sort of built up societies in, in, a, in a whole sort of country. And we didn't diminish, deny, denigrate anybody. And that's just a bold-faced lie. And as long as we bear that lie uh, up as we think about our Native American forebearers in this land, the first Americans, then we will never know peace. We, we will sort of not have the fullness of peace that we need to have. I think what we're afraid of and what we don't trust, I mean, this has to be said, is that we don't trust the fact that if I tell the truth, that there's peace for me on the other side of it. So it's better to nurse the lie and, and perform peace. But see, it doesn't seem like God's economy works that way. Mm. Okay, well, on that note, Bishop, I have one more question that we'll get to right after this. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, you just dropped a big bomb of the the idea of God's economy. And, um, you know, the other part of that no justice, no peace is also the no justice, no peace, right? K-N-O-W. And and and, and, and I'm mindful of the Luke passage that says peace on earth. And then, then there's more. Goodwill toward men. And so I feel like sometimes we get we get wrapped up with the idea of comfort being peace. And so how do we like make this all come together? What what are we doing when we're extending goodwill towards others and how is that actionable and and spreading goodwill? How does that go hand well, in hand? Well, my Angela she touches it. This is what I love about her her writing. She's so thoroughly so good. Uh, in, influenced <laughs> by uh, scripture. Yeah. And it's just coming out of her pores, but but with her own little twist and her own little refinement. On this platform of peace, she says, we can create a language to translate ourselves to ourselves and to each other. There, there's another dimension here of peace, and that's peace within myself. Right? Peace within myself. So this is why I go back to the question. You know, what what is stealing your peace. What is to, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why we keep so busy. We keep so busy so that I don't have to confront the silence that will beg that question, right? As long as I keep busy, as I keep noisy, right, I'm not going to get quiet and not going to come to myself and get the question, which is, you know, Rob, is this real? Is this where you really want to be? Is this the room you want to be in? Is this the work you want to be doing? Right? There's so many inconvenient 
conversations that we need to have with ourselves that we're sort of um, that we're stonewalling and therefore we don't have peace. Right. So then I don't have peace with me. Uh, I haven't developed that competency or, or thirst. And so it's easier for me to not have peace with you or simply to perform the peace with you. And see, this is not sustainable and this is not lasting. And it certainly is not what God has intended for us. So a language, Maya Angelou says, to translate myself to myself and also to you is about genuineness. And, you know, as a 58-year-old man, right, I look back now and, and think about all the little um, cul-de-sacs of falsehood that, that we sort of stayed in too long on our journey because of self-consciousness, because of fear, because of wanting to belong and be accepted, rather than being these colorful, audacious creatures of God who are calling us to be ourselves. And that's how we make the world rich, right? And, and we meet this in people. We meet, we have met this in people. We have met these people on this podcast. I think about Sister Helen Prejean, who didn't come to her awakening until she was in her 40s. <laughs> There's hope for us, Bishop. And then, and then realized she had a voice and a mind and a heart. And it started with just being a pen pal to someone on death row. And she changed Catholic teaching about death and life. So she came to a peace. And when you meet her, in Jesus's words, you meet salt and light. She is at peace, let me tell you. Uh, she's going to die with a smirk on her face, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, think that's, I think that's what we want. And maybe afraid to, afraid to go after. I want to die with a, just a, 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 a you know, a, a cat that, that, that caught the canary kind of smile on my face, like that I, I knew God, I knew I was known by God, I was known by brothers and sisters, and uh, I'm on my way somewhere else. That's, that's true peace. And, and so it's interesting how Maya Angelou ends this thing, right? So she, she takes these beautiful flights and, and all this sort of language that for some may feel far away from, you know, places like Ukraine or uh, the Gaza Strip or downtown Atlanta with its violence uh, or uh, lots of places in the country with its anti-Semitism or all the uptick in uh, anti-Semitism and hate speech in the new Twitter. Uh, you know, we wonder what her words have to do with any of that. And then she, she lands the entire poem by saying, peace, my brother, peace, my sister, peace, my soul. I, I can tell you if I'm honest, really, really honest, I, you know, I've been a husband for a little while now. And uh, before I was a bishop, you know, I'd, I'd be in my uh, congregation and my whole family was there, my wife and kids there. And in our tradition, in the Episcopal tradition, you know, after the confession and after the absolution, right, the confession, uh, we, we say we are sorry to God. We've missed the mark. We say we're sorry to neighbor. We've missed the mark. And then the absolution, the priest, or if it's the bishop, has the ultimate privilege of pronouncing not his or her, but God's absolution over all that are assembled. And then what we do after that tells us a lot about what peace is. Then we say, uh, uh, the peace of the Lord be with you, right? Now that we're free, now that we've gotten our second chance, we say peace. Now, let me just be maybe a little bit 
too revealing here. I know, and I'm not the only one, I know that there have been times when my wife uh, and I was sitting right there in that congregation and we had been sideways with each other, right? Maybe not as kind as we could have been to each other. And, and, and I know that that awkward time would have been prolonged were it not for this invitation to greet one another in Christ's peace. And I also know very personally here, not some highfalutin theological sort of stuff, but how that invitation puts one hand inside another hand or arms around somebody else, and you feel like you get a fresh start. You feel at least like you can soften. You can let the wall down again. And, and, and we have laughed, my wife and I, about all of that, about truly this God is to be trusted because truly this God knows us best. And so, you know, in big and small ways, my Angelou is leading us to that. Uh, which is peace, my brother. Just peace to you. I suspend my animosity. I suspend my judgment. I confess to you, I don't see well. I don't see everything. I see through biased eyes. Peace to you. Peace, my sister. Peace, my sister. And peace to myself, right? I, I think that it, those are the building blocks of the things that I think we want to do and be you know, in this new year that is racing at us. Oh, man. Well, Bishop, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you, my <laughs> sister. Thank you so much for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week. 